Welcome to the Jack Weston MCAT Podcast with your host, Phil Hawkins. And Asai Calderon Muñiz. All right, back again with another podcast episode. Um, just a reminder, uh, heads up, in the uh, coming weeks, we're going to do an AMA, which is an Ask Us Anything. I know that's like that's an AUA. It's Ask Me Anything, but Ask Me and Asai. Um, so if you guys have any questions that you want to see us answer in the podcast, feel free to throw those questions into the chat if you're on YouTube or or another uh, platform that does have does have a, uh, a comment section. If you're watching this on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, you will find the link to the, the place to provide your questions in the description. So just a quick heads up there, a quick plug yes. for that. And we have a couple of different ways, right? You are very welcome. And we encourage you to interact with us and let us know on Instagram what your questions are on TikTok. Um, but again, like Phil said, there's also an alternative link for, for folks who just want to be able to submit the questions. But yeah. we're very excited. And again, you can ask us about MCAT. You can ask us about our journeys. You guys have plenty. If, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard plenty to ask questions about. Right, right. You can ask us about our favorite foods. Ask us anything. Nothing's off off, off limits. Um, so back to the podcast. So uh, we are continuing our dive into the PsychSoc outline, the, the PsychSoc document that the AMC provides. We're getting towards the end here. Um, we're definitely into the sociology side of things. And today we're going to talk about the macro sociology side. So a lot of what we've talked about up until now is the micro sociology, about like how people interact with each other, right? Like me talking to you or you talking to me or us in small groups. We're not really looking at society as a whole, like a big picture, like the way that society works um, you know, kind of way zoomed out. And so there's a lot of different ways to look at society. There's a lot of different uh, theories and strategies. And like, I want to reiterate that each of these, it's not one of these or the other. It's each of these are just different ways of looking at a society kind of like big picture. And so, so we're, we're going to talk about a lot of those macro sociological um, views um, in this podcast and probably, probably the next one as well. Yeah. And to get us started on one of the, the views on macro sociology, we have functionalism. So this is one where the name will help you, right? So with functionalism, we're looking at the way that different organizations, institutions, right, um, larger structures work together and what their function in society is to maintain a stable and functional society. I'll stop, I promise. Um, so really we're just trying to figure out, right, what role do these institutions play, right? What are they, what are their goals? What are their aims? And so with these, when we're looking at different organizations through this lens, we're primarily looking at two different types of functions. We're looking at what are called manifest functions and latent functions. So in functionalism, a manifest function is an, a goal or an objective, an aim that is made clear and explicit, right? So if you think about, if you think about medical school, the, the manifest function is to educate you in order to become a doctor, right? So that is, that is the explicit goal that they are trying to, um, to enact, right? They also have a latent function. This is not just applied to educational institutions, but, uh, organizations also have latent functions. So these are, um, basically like indirect effects, consequences, et cetera, of the, the institution, right? So what happens that isn't the express goal, but is still what is, is done and is created as a result of this. So if you think about this, right, what else 
does medical school do? Well, it brings a lot of quirky people together, <laughs> right? Um, it brings, you know, it, it allows for um, students to interact with patients, right? And that creates different types of relationships. It helps people grow in ways that aren't necessarily explicitly intended, right? So they, the explicit goal is to get you to learn, right? That knowledge component. But you might also become more empathetic as a result of being in medical school, right? You might have better time management. These are indirect consequences, things that weren't explicitly for the most part, right? We, we know some med schools will, will try and help you out with those things, but aren't explicitly planned. Uh, and so this, again, doesn't just apply to medical schools, but really it's across the board. Yeah. And th those latent functions aren't just for the students either. Like a latent function of a medical school could be like providing jobs. Like there are people now that work at this. And so basically a latent function is basically anything that's not like the main purpose of that. Um, I do want to want to mention sometimes uh, the MCAT will use the term manif like manifest will use primary for that. And then latent is sometimes called secondary. So your manifest or like primary function for, compared to your latent or secondary functions. Um, just to do another example, I always like the example of like, like a fire department. Like what's the point of a fire department? Well, the manifest or primary function is to put out fires, right? The secondary or, or latent functions, these, these are like other just benefits, right? Like makes property values go up because your like homes are worth more because they're probably not going to burn down now. And so that just makes them more valuable. It also gives little kids people to admire, um, like heroes and things like that. Um, it also gives people hunky firemen to look at, right? Like those are benefits as well. That's not like the main benefit, but it's a latent benefit, a secondary <laughs> function. And so just be aware that like anything that isn't the main thing is going to be a secondary or a latent function. And I think it's, it's pretty clear like what the manifest function of most of these institutions are. And that's really what this like functionalism view is. If you are a functionalist, like sociologically, then you are looking at society based on what's the point of this? What's the point of this? Like what are the main functions? But they also do have some secondary functions as well. Now, yeah. Yeah, Jeff. No, okay. So like another, um, another big macro sociological view is, um, or perspective is social constructionism. And so I feel like before we talk about social constructions and we should talk about a social construct, <laughs> which is something that society has given value, right? Like society gives something. So something that has value because of society. And so most people tend to tend to focus on like material things, like objects. Like my test, like is something a social construct? Does it have value because of society? Is imagine you are on like a deserted island. Would this thing still have value to you? So like a dollar, like like a dollar compared to a hundred dollar bill, like the hundred dollar bill is not any more valuable than a $1 bill. Like I could use them both to start a fire. And so those things, the value of a dollar comes from society and like how everyone agrees that like these things have value. And so I can trade like money for goods and services. On the other hand, a burrito, that's, that's still got the same value if I'm on an island or a, a boat, right? That might have even more value if I'm stuck on a deserted island. So those, mm -hmm. the, the value of those things is not dependent upon society and like the views of society, the value of those things is inherent in and of themselves. So those things are not social constructs. Um, so yeah, 
Yeah. As you were talking about that, I don't, were you ever into trading cards? Yes. Like, okay. So let's let's be clear. Pokemon cards, because I (laughs) was a kid in the nineties. So they were the coolest. Yeah. So as you were talking about that, you know, you mentioned the the money, you know, the, the hundred and versus one dollar. But I, you know, I had the same thought, just like money is the easiest way to go about it, but also trading cards back in the day. And as as we, I was thinking about that, I also thought about I don't know if anyone remembers this, but those little I think they were called like Tamagotchis or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had like these little toys that you could carry around on a keychain, and you had these little, I don't know if they were animals, what they were, but these little things, (laughs) these things that you grew and took care of. And if you had it, like it was, it was just awesome. And like, you know, people traded them and all these things. And, you know, I think you could send one from one little device to the, basically you were cool if you had one. Exactly. Exactly. It might be, we might be aging ourselves a little here. Yeah, we might be. But, <laughs> but exactly. So, you know, as little kids, you give this value to these tiny little pixels, right? That don't actually have any value besides the cost of creation, right? right. But they they have all of this um, this value just because you've decided that that's what it takes to be cool, right? Right. Um, because everyone is so excited about it. Like mm-hmm. that gives it some added value. I feel like something like that's a little bit tricky because like, even if no one thought it was cool, there is something to that. Like it is a video game that like is, has some inherent value, but most of that value came from the street cred of like having yeah, a Tamagotchi or having, you know, a shiny you know, Charizard. Like that's, that's where the value came of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think one of the tricky things though, and like if I was an MCAT test writer, Um, because I know people are always, they like to think about social constructs as like material objects, right? Like money or Pokemon cards or, or things like that. Um, because that's the way they're mostly tested. I feel like the MCAT, which is trying to be tricky, not because they're mean, but because you guys are smart. And so they need to like separate you guys. Um, they, they, they're probably not going to focus as much on the material things. Cause I think that's a little bit too easy, a little bit too clear, And so there are also like social constructs can be abstract ideas. Um, For example, chivalry, right? Like chivalry is something that has value because we as a society give it value Um, or um, honor, right? Like imagine you were on a deserted island. If you were honorable, is that really useful to you, right? Like if society quit existing, right? Everyone disappeared. Like is being honorable a valuable thing or is it valuable because of how society views that? Um, another one that is is kind of a little bit of a, a tricky area is like virginity, right? Virginity, totally a social construct, right? Like the value of like being a virgin, either positive or negative or however you want to look at it, comes from societal views, right? Like being a virgin or not a virgin on a deserted island makes no difference, right? Like in terms of your survival um, and in terms of like the inherent value there. So these are things that have value because specifically the way that society views these things. And so you want to be kind of aware of that, that these social constructs don't have to be objects. They can be ideas. And like actually a lot of the trickier, more complicated ones are um, or that kind of, kind of like abstract side of things. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, right, that's, that's kind of the purpose of a society to have these agreed upon, um, not just norms. Like we've, I think we've you sound already like a functionalist. 
<laughs> you're like, what's the purpose? Uh, what's the function? No, See, I, I got that's, it. That's the danger of having me do yeah. functionalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, you're you're a total no. functionalist at heart. <laughs> um, but no, if you think about it, right, like that that uh, the social con- this is why you can't consider them as completely isolated, right, as one or the other, because with you know social constructionism, you still have this element of like it playing a role in society and how society functions, having that smooth sailing, right? Um, so hopefully that will underscore what what Phil already mentioned, that there is this, you know, it, it's not mutually exclusive. Um, right. These are just different it, ways of looking at society. And so some people would look at something from a social constructionist viewpoint. Some people would look at it from a functionalist viewpoint. Um, absolutely. I also think like, Another example of just like social constructionism through like a very broad way um, is like Zimbabwe's currency. Um, Back in the day, like there was some insane inflation. And so all of a sudden, like if you wanted to buy like, you know, some chicken, it cost like $2 trillion because like society had just decided that a dollar is not valuable anymore. Um, And through this, this like rampant inflation. And so it's one of those things that like, you know, the, the exchange, like the, there were people carrying around hundred trillion dollar um, bills because like, that's actually, okay, that's worth enough to, you know, like for me to get a drink at the Seven Eleven um because of that. And so just because society had decided to view this differently, all of a sudden the value of that went away. And so if you had saved up all your life and you had a hundred $100 and like that was under your your bed fast forward 5 years everyone decides that's not worth anything and like so because of society's views changing the your value in in like your things is less um i mean is that not the basis for like bitcoin and all of these other digital currencies you know if you think about it Yes, there is there is time and resources that go into mining for these things, right? Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on any of this. I am not particularly well versed. Um, but if you think about didn't like the the price just has gone up and plummeted and up and plummeted, and you know, responding to things like um what are they called? People of influence. There we go. <laughs> I was, couldn't find the right word. Um, you know, people of influence just talking about these things. And there are so many things in our lives that if we really paused and thought about don't actually have a ton of inherent value. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you think about like, sorry, I um, I recently got, so I have some like flowers that I, I've gotten. And so I like looked out of the corner of my eye and saw them. Flowers, right? Like you were thinking, you know, chivalry or how you express yourself to people or whatever, that they're just, I mean, they have some inherent value, but they're not going to help me on that desert island that you keep talking about, right? you know? So um, I'm really curious to find out what, and I know, only some of the platforms that you guys listen to us on allow for, for this type of interaction. But I'm really curious to hear what people, like what came to their mind when, when they heard us talking about symbolic interactionism and also a little bit of functionalism. Yeah. I think you mean social constructionism, uh, symbolic interactionism. Social constructionism. That's next week. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, it's, it's so funny. You brought up the Bitcoin thing. So over, um, over winter, or over like the the holidays, I visited some friends from med school that I haven't seen in forever. And so like, these are some of my favorite people. Um, like the, the there's a couple and uh, the wife actually I went to med school with and the husband is a robotic engineer. And so he loves physics and he's like a PhD in engineering. And so I just want to go hang out with him because it's like medicine and physics and it's like the perfect Venn diagram for my life. <laughs> um, and so this feels really good. Um, 
but um, they were like, they created a greenhouse, um, like in their, in their garage where they were like, not really a greenhouse. Cause it's like in this like enclosed area, but they were trying to grow some plants and that like, you know, in this, they had lights, but it also had to be warm enough in there. Mm-hmm. And so like, because the garage, there wasn't central heat. And so the husband had like a lot of computers lying around. And so he's like, okay, I need something like, I'm, I know computers generate heat when they're doing mm-hmm. stuff. And so he took a bunch of computers in there and he's like, I need them to just do something. So he's like, I'm going to have them mine Bitcoin just because. And he's like, like, I know that like, I'm not going to mine very much Bitcoin, but it's like really interesting because you mentioned Bitcoin is like a social construct. Like my friend Tom was using mining Bitcoin for like an, like not a social construct. Like this was generating heat to keep his plants alive. And so from that perspective, mining Bitcoin is not a social construct because like he was using it as a way to generate heat in this room to keep his plants from dying. And so it's just such a funny thing. Like that totally is, is like the perfect example of a social construct, but then my friend Tom is using it as a heating source. And so it's just kind of a, a strange, you know, crossover there. Yeah. Um, so we did, and actually this is, this brings us back a little bit, but you reminded me just kind of alternate um alternate uses and so my mm-hmm. mind went to alternate ways that we learn <laughs> mm-hmm. my, my mind tends to do a little bit of jumping um so we talked about um social constructionism right so giving giving meaning to things that don't necessarily have that same value and we talked about uh functionalism right so how we um like institutions right the roles that they play et cetera. and the example that i gave was in uh, educational institutions, right? So we talked about the, and sorry, I apologize if I'm jumping, just my my brain is making lots of hops. Um, so we talked about the kind of express goal of learning, right? So you can also have things that you are learning that aren't made express, right? So you can also have situations where there's this, and many of you have probably heard this term before, hidden curriculum, right? So these things that um, you're, you're learning that, again, are not expressed. So for example, and again, I, I use the example of medical school. I hope it's relevant to you guys. Um, but, you know, you're, you're picking up the norms. You're picking up the alternate uses for things, right? The way that physicians interact with their patients, the, you know, you're, you're going and you're paired with someone to learn the content and to learn the basics of how to interact with people. But you're picking up lots of small things about how they, you know, how they interact with the nurses, right? That's something that now is becoming more expressed, but for a long time wasn't, right? Um, Learning the hierarchy, right? They don't necessarily tell you, okay, you have to learn the hierarchy. You have to respond this way to things, but it's, it's, it's there and you're picking up on it, right? And people who, um, who play in and accept the hidden curriculum tend to do better, right? In your friend's case, if you think about this as, as a school, he departed from, mm-hmm. from the, the curriculum and found a totally new way to go about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a plug for always approaching things in a fresh way and finding different ways to do things, whether or not it's the way that everyone else goes about it. I'm really, I'm really curious to find out in a couple of weeks how your friends, both greenhouse and Bitcoin mining are yes. going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious as well. I should reach out to them. Maybe we'll follow up on the, the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I like this kind of like link of hidden curriculum because 
Like this is actually like a perfect mixture of like social construct and functionalism, right? Like if you look at like, like an elementary school, like what is the purpose of that? It is to teach kids, right? To teach kids science and English and history and things like that. Um, But you're also kind of teaching them how to interact with each other, like what's okay, what's inappropriate. Um, And that's not really like the manifest function of like teaching students, like how they should interact with each other, like being nice and telling the truth and having chivalry or honor or kindness, all of those things, social constructs. And so it's weird that this, like the, the, the function of this educational thing, like is to teach you like the sciences and like the history and English and those sorts of things, social studies. Um, but also to like get you to like know like what's a, an appropriate way to interact with each other or like, you know, most people start dating in school at some point, maybe not elementary <laughs> school, but like that is a like a secondary function of a school is like creating a place where kids or like where people can learn like what dating is like, like in high school or or middle school. Um, and kind of like what's appropriate and what isn't. And a lot of that stuff is social constructs, right? Like the way that we should act. All of those are also what we would call hidden curriculum, which is just this idea of things that aren't expressly being taught, but are kind of being taught in like a hidden, sneaky way. Um, I do this all the time. And when I'm teaching, um, when I'm, when I'm teaching like in the courses and like tutoring stuff where I'm like, Like the main goal of what I'm trying to teach students is how to do well in the MCAT. Like that is the, that is the manifest function. That is the like clear curriculum is like covering all the stuff that the MCAT is going to test. But on the other hand, um, I'm also trying to teach students like how to think about medicine and how to learn more efficiently and how to like, like study in ways that isn't just for the MCAT, but also stuff that'll be useful in medical school, teaching them to like more empathetic and imagining like other people's perspectives. And because that's a big part of medicine, even though that's not necessarily a manifest or like blatant uh, curriculum in that scenario. I think we do that a lot actually here. Um, Like this is, this is very much an MCAT podcast, but I think very clearly sometimes we're talking about like why this is useful later on. Like like if I know like the podcast doesn't have a curriculum, but <laughs> if it did, it would be MCAT stuff. And, um, but we are teaching like other things and like stuff to make society a better place, you know, get people to like, think about things a little bit differently and about how we interact with each other um, and how we can be healthier people just kind of overall in a healthier society. Um, so I think that's like kind of like a really interesting, like mixture of like hidden curriculum is not actually like one of those macro sociological terms but it, it relates so much to functionalism and social constructionism that we're like, we have to talk about it here because it's like so ingrained in those things. Exactly. And yeah, I agree with you. We, we don't set out with an express curriculum with these podcasts. We just no. kind of, you know, yeah, we don't. hope to, yeah, we, we hang out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But hopefully you guys are picking up on, on things that you do find useful, not just for the MCAT, but across the board, right? Studying for undergrad, studying eventually in med school, um, how you approach your interactions with people. Hopefully now you get a new perspective on macro interactions Mm -hmm. (laughs) and start toying with the idea of how, you know, different institutions play a role in society, the value that we give to things as a society. Um, So hopefully those, those wheels are turning. 
Yeah. Um, so we're going to continue on with macro sociological stuff next week, talking about like conflict theory, symbolic interactionism, exchange, rational choice, which is super interesting. Um, but also after this, we're going to be doing, uh, as I mentioned at the very beginning of this, we're going to be doing that AMA where you can ask us anything. So just a quick reminder, um, if you, you want to ask us questions, you can throw it in the comments. If you're on a platform that has comments, um, or you can submit questions. Um, there's a way to, to do that, um, that is explained in the description of this episode. Um, so really looking forward to that, kind of like seeing what are the, the questions students have. Um, we are also very clearly kind of entering like the end of the psych stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think we only have like a couple of episodes less left until we're completely finished going through yeah. just kind of that brief overview of all the psych vocab. So if you guys have thoughts or questions on what you would like to see us do after that, we have some ideas, we have some thoughts, but um, we're always open to to new ideas, like maybe us talking through passages or questions, um, maybe some even from like the AMC, if there's ways to get around that without <laughs> like, you know, violating their you know, their materials that they wrote, um, or maybe we jump into some physics topics. I know that's something I'm super interested in just because I love <laughs> physics. Um, yeah. we can talk about heat exchange and Bitcoin mining to keep your plants alive. Uh, but <laughs> if you guys not? have, yeah, if you guys have ideas, please feel free to throw it at us because we're, we're kind of at a, at a, um, transition a, point, yeah, transition point where we're going to start talking about some other stuff. And so it's good for us to hear what are you guys interested in? Um, yeah. What would you like to see us discuss? And again, that doesn't just have to be, you know, for those of you who listen on a platform that doesn't have comments, you can also, like we talked about earlier, hop on one of our socials and leave us a comment on, you know, any of the, the posts there. And that way we can also see, okay, what, what are you guys interested? Because at the end of the day, we do this podcast for you guys, right? We have a good time talking about the MCAT. We have a good time just, you know, um, just talking about life, but ultimately we're here for you guys. That is that that is our true manifest function to be of support and to help you guys succeed on your MCAT journey. 